The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. I, I echo Josh. Thank you very much for coming and worshiping, worshiping with us on this Christmas morning. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, if you are watching at home on the live stream or if you're watching later and you're wondering how many people braved the weather and the icy roads and on a Christmas morning came out to the middle of our cornfield in Edwardsburg, I just want to let you know we are under a thousand today. Uh, I, I, we won't go into exactly how far we are, but we're somewhat under a thousand today. But uh, we're going to have a great time talking about the Lord as uh, our Prince of Peace, which we've been doing all month, talking about that Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. When I first started this and looked at all the different verses about peace, of course, we started in Isaiah chapter 9, a famous Christmas text, and talked about Him coming as the Everlasting Father and the Wonderful Counselor and the Prince of Peace. But as I looked up all these verses on peace, I found a cluster of verses that I want to make sure we looked at sometime, and it's actually in the book of Ephesians. So we're going to come back to this cluster of verses, and we're going to talk about this peace here for a second. Before we do that, that however, I want you to take a few minutes and just, okay, this is going to sound really cheesy, ready? I just want you to think for a moment about the wonders of Christmas. Ooh, that's weird, isn't it? I was at a, a wedding one time, the weirdest wedding I was ever at, and the, uh, instead of a prayer, the pastor said, let's all bow our heads and all of you send feelings of love up here to the couple. I, had, I didn't know how to do that. You know, like, Yeah, uh, you, you got it. It just seems kind of weird. Well, kind of weird when I talk about the idea of the wonders of Christmas and we think about it. But if you would go with me here for a minute and just think about how not everybody, not everybody, but most everybody, Loves Christmas. Most everybody gets excited. Yeah, I always think it's funny. It's my favorite time of the year. Well, yeah, uh, it's most people's favorite time of the year. This right here is the most expensive Christmas tree in the world. I Googled the top 10. I think number five is uh, the one in Washington, D.C., you know, the uh, national Christmas tree or whatever like that, and that's worth a million dollars, or the decorations are worth a million dollars. This one is in the Emirate Palace in Abu Dhabi. I just wanted to say that. Uh, and uh, take a shot. If, if ours is a million dollars, how much do you think this one is? $11 million. $11 million for this Christmas tree. I have no idea what's on it, but that's what they have. Now, I don't know how much you're up on your geography or anything like that, but Abu Dhabi, not a big Christian hub. Okay, you might, might not be aware of that. But the Muslim community believes that Jesus is a prophet, and they're all about worshiping Jesus' birthday. I mean, it's fun. Uh, and I heard one person say this, everybody loves Jesus as long as he stays in his lane. And that's kind of sad, but probably kind of true. Uh, everybody loves, you know, the, the Jesus that we talk about who brings love to everybody and, uh, and teaching everybody a better way. As long as we don't get too big on this whole idea of Lord and Savior. We don't want to have the idea of him actually being Lord in my life, maybe. We might say it, but when he actually starts being the Lord, we're not crazy about that. And the idea of Savior, well, then I'm going to gonna have to acknowledge that I need a Savior. I've got a problem. So not everybody is crazy about that. But just think about, I mean, why not? Why not? Why shouldn't everybody love Christmas? Everybody, everybody ends up happy, right? This guy got his Red Rider BB gun, didn't he? Okay. This guy, what did he get? His 
White Christmas at the end. The whole movie is not about Christmas, but at the end it snows, so it's a Christmas movie. Uh, this, uh, I, I threw this one in. This is one of my wife and I's favorites. I don't know if anybody else, does anybody else know what that is? That is called The Preacher's Wife. It's, it's pretty good because this couple on the left, they end up happily married at the end, even though it looks a little shaky in the middle. And Denzel Washington gets to go to heaven as an angel. It's all a good ending. Uh, it's, it's all happy. Uh, that guy, of course, he gets reunited with his father. And they save Christmas. It's all good, right? Happy ending. Come on, at the end, he gets to hold hands with everybody and sing Yahoo, Dornay, or whatever they sing. Uh, they have a good time. Happy Christmas. It all ends up good. How about it? Yeah, he realizes that his life had meaning, George Bailey. I forgot to put Scrooge in there, but I do have, you know who that is, don't you? That is every couple that's ever been in a Hallmark movie. Uh, right there. And it all, the, the, you know, they still get back together. Of course, they were in love in high school, but then he came back home for Christmas, and she'd found somebody else, and they were engaged, but it's not really not going to work out very well. You can just kind of tell from the beginning. And that's exactly what happens, and they end up happy at the end. And, of course, the most memorable Christmas movie of all. Um, <laughs> He saves the world there at Christmas time. And, uh, but, you know, we think about that as far as Christmas goes, that everything is going to end up happy and, and uh, you know, everything is going to be good. But I want to suggest to you that as we talk about our Prince of Peace, as we talk about Jesus uh, being our Prince of Peace, the peace that Jesus brings transcend, transcends the Christmas season. And that's where I want to go with that. I'm kind of excited about the idea that our passage is in Ephesians, which is not a typical Christmas passage at all. But I'm glad that we can look at that and just remember that the peace that God gives is not just for Christmas time, if you will. You have probably heard from history about a couple times where there were ceasefires on Christmas Day. The Civil War is one of the famous stories of the North and the South on different sides of the river, and they sang hymns together. We're not sure it's true, but it's a great story. Uh, World War II has a similar story about the you know there being a ceasefire and uh and then they stop to celebrate christmas well that's a temporary peace that comes okay it's christmas time we're gonna have peace what i want to make sure that we understand is the peace that jesus brings at christmas time is not designed to be a temporary peace uh peace the peace that jesus uh gives uh is transcends our circumstances and therefore is permanent. So we're going to go back to this passage in Ephesians and just dissect it a little bit for a few minutes and look at this piece. For he himself is our peace. I want to stop right there. The Apostle Paul said, where is our peace found? It begins and ends with Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, I, I don't want to be silly. I don't want to be like, oh, hey, if you just... Connect with Jesus. If you just pray the prayer, if you just read your Bible, all your problems are going to go, go away. Every rough relationship you have in life is going to be smoothed out. The job is going to work better. And everything is going to be good if you just pray and read your Bible. However, I do want to say this. I believe that my big part of my calling, maybe my primary calling as far as being a pastor or a shepherd, is to shepherd you into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or closer to Jesus Christ because our peace is going to begin and end with him. And again, I'm not suggesting, okay, come and pray and, and it'll be a fix-all. But if I began to talk to anybody about uh, who is not experiencing peace, who has anxiety, who has heartache and everything like that, my first question is going to be, are you walking with the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Okay, are you in his word? Are you talking to him? And again, I, I feel a little bit like, oh, you know, pastor thinks this is a magical fix-all. I really don't. I just know that from, well, I guess I do, but I don't want to be silly, but from personal experience, I know that. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before. My wife sometimes will look at me and say, you know, hey, are you reading your Bible? Because <laughs> she could tell I'm out of sorts, and I am not in the word of God, and I'm not praying. I'm just handling everything on my own. And uh, so I know how important it is that I be grounded and that I be close to him because he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Hold on a second. I'm going to continue reading. But this is where, this is why I didn't jump into this text before because for a while I didn't know what Paul was talking about. (laughs) I like that first phrase. He himself is our peace. But now where are we going? He has made us one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility, huh? By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances. What? That he might create in himself. Wait a minute. What's he going to do? He's going to create one new man in place of two. I'm still not sure I understand. But making peace and might reconcile to us both. Who's, Who's both of us? To God in one body, how? Through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Uh, He came and preached peace to those who are far off and peace to those who are near. Now, I kind of struggled with that. What, what, these, these idea of both, what are the two groups? Okay, one man in place of two, who are the two? Uh, who, both again, we got the far off. The, I didn't completely understand what this verse is talking about. You know, for, is it a distance? Okay, some are away, some are there. In the city of Ephesus where Paul wrote, uh, first of all, it was a booming metropolis of the time. So it was a wild place. There were all types of false gods. There was all types of opportunity for sin and wickedness, and many people had plunged headlong into it. They had plunged into a godless life. They lived apart from God. They lived in idolatry. They lived in depravity, and uh, you know that, that was their mark in life. Those who were those that's those who were far off. There were also others who diligently worshipped God according to the law, and they gone they'd gone through that. Now think about that for a minute. Let's say um, you know. So here I come and I sit in church one day, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, my uh, <laughs> man, if I if people knew what I'd done, I'm surprised I didn't burn up when I walked in the door. I'm surprised I didn't. I'm doing just combustible because of my life. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, man, I've got all this sin and all this weight in my past. Uh, but then there are also people who eh, they might be a little bit impressed with themselves. I've been a good boy. I've obeyed the rules. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've followed the, the things I'm supposed to from the time I was a little kid or whatever like that. I believe that what Jesus is doing here is he's saying for both of those people, what I have offered you is a peace and a new life. Those who have known what it is like to really be trapped in sin, uh, and those who have experienced that, I have a forgiveness that goes way beyond anything you possibly have done. For those of you who instead have kind of gone the route of trying to behave yourself and earn your way to heaven, I got news for you. You came up short on that too, and that's why you don't have peace, and I have that peace for you too. And Jesus says, I'm going to unite you all here with this peace because I'm going to give you this new life in Christ. Okay, does that resonate? Does that make a little sense? Because we are so prone uh, to, to try to figure things out on our own and try to make our own way to God. And some folks are doing that in religious ways and others are, are trying to somehow atone for their sin. And Jesus said, no, I've got this taken care of. And isn't that what a church, honestly, isn't that what a church should be? A place where one person sits beside another and one has a sordid past that God has forgiven and the other has 
you know, tried to follow the righteous path, but figured out that that's not the answer. The answer is through Jesus Christ and the new life that he gave. And the two of them can sit together. Isn't that, isn't that what the church should be? And that's, what, that's the type of peace that Jesus brings. But the main thing that I want to emphasize today is the three words there, three lines up from the bottom, as to how it is that Jesus brings peace. And that is that he brings it, the Bible says, through the cross. I had an opportunity to watch a couple Christmas specials recently. I think I, we watched at least back and forth, you know, flipping around. Uh, but I watched a little Mariah Carey's Christmas the other night, and, and uh, Kelly Clarkson had a Christmas show, and uh, um, I forget who. There was, there was another one we, we watched, but you know, say whatever it is. And I listened to many of them sing what we'll call very holy songs, and they'll sing very holy words about God. And I, and I, I said, oh, that's beautiful. They have beautiful voices. I'm glad they're using them, uh, you know, to sing these words. But one of the things that is always missing, if you will, from this special, they, they love a Jesus that they can talk about and say, you know, Jesus came to show us how to love one another. Now, folks, they're absolutely right. Jesus showed us how to love one another with a perfect love. It's a love that is not plucked out of his holiness and made up the way man wants it to be. It's a perfect love. And Jesus showed us how to love people in that way. So that's a beautiful thing, and that's right. Jesus showed us how to get along better with others and, and, and peace in that way. But make no mistake about it. The only way that we can have peace with God is in those three words right there, through the cross, through the death of Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure before we leave a Christmas day even that we take a moment just to remember that it is that he came to lay down his life as a sacrifice that bought our redemption. And that the key to peace is faith in him and dependence upon him. Think about it with me here for a second. Jesus didn't command that as his followers got together they would make sure that they sung hymns like we did this morning. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but the, the hymns were not written at that time. I don't know. Some of you, I'm pretty sure you think they were, but they weren't written back when Jesus said that. Jesus didn't say, uh, make sure when you get together that you sing worship songs. And uh, like, you know, like we'll do more next week and, and praise them in, in that way. Uh, Jesus didn't say, but there is one thing that he said I want to make sure you do when you get together. I want you to remember that I laid down my life. I want you to remember my death. Okay, so he gave us what we call an ordinance around here. It's not a sacrament. It's not something that uh, there's something magical about the elements we're going to take. But, sorry, <laughs> I hid the elements. I can't remember where I hid them. There, there, there we go. Uh, but we're going to take a moment here and observe the Lord's Supper here on this Christmas morning as an opportunity to remember... Smooth operation as uh, an opportunity to remember uh, that Jesus came for that reason. He came to lay down his life. He came to lay down his life as a sacrifice. So we have uh, up here in the front and then also back where Josh is setting it up there, we have a basket that has some crackers in it. And then we have a, a, a plate that has some juice on it. And in a moment, we're going to play a song, and I'm going to invite you to come up and grab... Uh, or, or pick up a cracker and pick up a, a, the juice and take it back to your seat. But I kind of, this morning, I want it more than anything to get us to really uh, take some time 
you know, not just, hey, let's have a little feel-good time, but let, let's take some time of very, very sacred significance, realizing why the Son, the Son of God came to earth, okay? Yes, again, show us a better way, wonderful. Uh, but a world that knows nothing of his sacrifice is celebrating Christmas today. Think how much more significant it is when we understand what, ha- what really happened. That God took upon himself flesh, came to this earth so that he could lay down that life as a sacrifice for us. So in a moment when the music starts, I'm going to uh, invite you to get up. And if you're going to participate in communion, all we ask really is that that's something that you believe. You believe that Jesus Christ came to uh, die in the flesh for you. And that, that that sacrifice on the cross was for your sin. Uh, as far as kids participating, that, that's, a par- that's a parent's call. But I'm going to ask you to collect the elements. Uh, when you return to your seat with those, if you could wait just a moment, we're going to look at one other thing that might help us reflect on that sacrifice for a moment before we actually take the elements. So you can start. Father, I was just thinking how many times many of us are saying the word thank you over the last week and, and today as gifts are exchanged. Thank, we're thankful, Father, that we could take a moment this morning and remember the greatest gift and just say thank you. And, Father, that's what comes from our hearts right now. Thank you for giving your Son that we may know him, that we may know eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of celebrating that gift today. And, Lord, I pray your blessing upon our celebrations. I pray your blessing upon our travels. And I pray your blessing upon our families. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.